Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 140. I'm your host, M. With me is my regular co-host, Jackson. It's time for podcasts. It's time for gaming. And we have a guest, Dia. You're here. I'm here. Is this my for... first Abnormal Mapping? No. no you are on the Tokyo fucking... RPG Factory trilogy. Oh, God. Bullshit. I forgot. <laughs> we should not have so done bad, that. I blocked him. We sh- simply should not have done that. What a terrible idea. It was funny. I thought it was we... funny. No. We had a good time. Not like, I... yes. But I'm not comparing it to, like, sitting around in a blank room. I'm comparing it to a time we could have spent playing a good game. Yeah, That's well, true. We, we could we have, have done we Resident Evil of... previously. Yeah. We um, had to cut off RPG a year early, and one of the RPGs we did was the fucking Tokyo RPG Factory games. We made a mistake. Um, yeah, look. Uh, <laughs> we were curious. I Look, the part where they all turned out to be just as bad as everyone said they were, uh, that's not on us. That's on Tokyo RPG Factory. That's correct. That's, that's um, true. Okay, we need to uh, clear the air. Your wrists are fucked again. Yeah, my wrists are fucked again. They, I mean, it's the same kind of fucked, but they've been, like, getting gradually worse again. Well, yeah, to make a long story short, you've had nerve tests. It's not nerve damage. You went to see a physio. They said it was, like, probably an RSI strain. You have exercises. Uh, you're not supposed to do anything involving your wrist for more than 20 minutes, which means we are going to be playing some short, non-action-oriented games the next three or four months. Yes. At least. Uh, I will... If They're like, well, if it hasn't got better, it hasn't started improving in three months, let us know. Um and I have to do a bunch of stretches four times a day for like three, like there's 20 seconds for eight times in a row, four times a day. And they're pretty, oh man, inventing muscles out here. My yeah. right wrist is going to be so much bigger than my left wrist by the time I'm done. I'm going to have to start doing all the stretches on my left wrist just because I feel imbalanced. Yeah, you should do that anyway. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't hurt. It's true. Um, um, anyway, that so, also means that our Final Fantasy 15 episode will be delayed at least a couple months. It sucks, yeah. I thought I was like back to some kind of stability, but now it's it's uh it's fine. It is what it is. Can't believe it's gonna be the year of Jackson playing Sid Mears Gettysburg and nothing else. <laughs> it's not it's not what we're doing next. We have a nice indie game lined up for next month. Um <laughs> and I might be doing something extra on the side. Um so I mean I guess I will just say at some point either next month or the month after, I am going to be doing a bonus episode with Dia and a special guest, uh Amaris, who is on our Metroid Prime episodes about Fantasy Star, all four original Master System and Mega Drive games. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? I don't remember this special. You, you did agree to this. <laughs> no, I, I didn't remember now, but I was like, wait, what? What did I <laughs> what game are we possibly doing? That's gonna be much more casual. I just played them and Amaris had a Patreon slot and was like, Do you want to cover Fancy Star? And I was like, Yeah, let me get further into four to see if I have anything to say. And yeah, I, I, there's plenty to talk about Fancy Star. So um being that it's four games, it's going to be much more generalized, but it will be coming. So look forward to that. Well, it's really, it's one big narrative, if you think about it. That's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, they know. Uh, it's fucked up how coherent the whole thing is. That's why uh, they made four and then said, we're done. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, all this is to say, I have not completed a single video game other than Forspoken in the last month. And if you'd like to hear about the story of Forspoken, we have a VoIP life up, uh, patreon.com slash neural mapping for $10. You can hear me tell Jackson the story of Forspoken with increasing dismay. Uh, I will say I've still kind of played Forspoken a couple more hours running around the open world. It's still fun enough to play. Don't spend more than $20 on it. Don't be a fool like me. I just, I actually just finished listening to that before we started recording this. <laughs> and like, 
I am so furious with what Gary Whitta and Amy Hennig did to Luminous. Yes. It's cruel. It's cruel. They deserve prison for it. Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck prison, but first, put them both in it. Yeah. They're going to narrative jail. Um, yeah, it's not It's not pleasant. Um, it's just a <laughs> shitty, bad superhero origin story. Surprise. He wasted 20 hours. Actually, I wasted about 13 hours of my life. Uh, yeah. But the, the game seemed fun. Yeah, when it's running Ish. running around open world, uh, you know, befriending magical cats, that part's great. Yeah. Um, but yes, I was I was like, the story's so fucking bad. Oh my god, I can't believe it. It's so it's so much worse than all the like roasts about the um dialogue. Oh, the dialogue, yeah. yeah. That's just surface level stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you can listen to that white buff if you want. But yeah, I'm like partially through some other stuff. I, I don't have anything I really want to talk about. It's kind of light for game. I've been watching a lot of movies and not playing a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Also, I played two games for this podcast right now, this month. So, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, gaming. Yeah. Um, Dia, do you have anything? Um, I, I got into Grand Blue. <laughs> right you did get in the grand blue <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucking molly got me sucked into grand blue um yeah so i've been i've been doing that i've been doing that daily um like every night before i go to bed i have been fucking around with fucking grand blue fantasy and um one it's good because i don't i don't understand um enough japanese to navigate my way through the payment system Yes. So I'm incapable of putting am, money into it. <laughs> I am incapable of spending money on this game. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really that's the way gotcha should be played. Play yeah. the one where you literally cannot figure out how to give them money. There's so much back matter of Grand Blue at this point that you can just kind of like spend forever catching up on the story that's already like, out. Yeah, and like this the writing's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um like I was I've been really kind of impressed by just you know, it's fun. It's clever. It's like a good, you know, thousand episode anime that like you can just kind of like, you know, pay attention as you want to and then kind of, you know, go, OK, yeah, I know what's going to happen here. I don't really care. I'm just going to skip forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like they've, they've got decent character writing. Um, they actually have character writing. All like None of the characters actually have the same voice, which was really impressive because, you know, it's a gotcha. So there's a million fucking characters. Mm hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Like Lelouch v. Britannia. Britannia. <laughs> <laughs> have you met Lelouch yeah. yet? <laughs> yes, I have. Okay, good, good. good. Yeah. Um, um, no, I'm really, I'm really impressed by the number of, um, like, you know, like everyone talks about, oh my, my gotcha wives, my gotcha wives. Like, no, Granbu is all about the husbands. Yeah, that's Granbu is the only uh, gotcha I know that has big hunky guys in it. There are so many big hunky guys and there's lots of little twinks and there's just kind of like everyone in between. But like they really put their effort into the lads for Grand Blue and it's impressive. Yeah, I a lot played of little potato people, too. Yes, I played like three weeks of Grand Blue a couple of years back. Uh, one of, I got in at the top, like one of those like, oh, they're giving out all the free shit. Get in now. And then they turned off all the free shit. And I was like, oh, I like this less now. Suddenly that I'm not getting a bunch of shit every day. <laughs> No, it's it's it was really sad when I got to the end of like you get like your six days of like yeah. um ten ten crystal draw or whatever and then like then they cut you off. Yeah. And now and I just I get go, my oh. one free one a day and I'm like, oh that's not as good. No. But like 
now I, I've I've read the user manual and like the how to guides and um, I keep pestering Molly um, and and so now I'm actually understanding the mechanics behind the game and I'm like surprisingly like not it's not I wouldn't say it's deep but there's there's more matter there than I would expect from a mobile game. It is a meteor RPG than some real RPGs being it released. It really is. <laughs> yes. Um, I and just I, I now I just watch the sidelines as people post. Oh, you've been destined. How's Destiny? How much of it have they hidden away from you? <clears throat> um, well, I'm still mad because I never got. To, I, I I bought, but I never got to. I never got around to Warmind. Um, I was just really busy. Um, and so I never got around to it. I figured it would just be there when I was ready. And then they took it away. Um, but I got kind of half the way through Curse of Osiris, and I thought it would be around and they took that away too um i managed to squeeze in for forsaken just before it went away <laughs> uh the last time Games so suck. that's 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 three <laughs> and then the base the core the base destiny 2 game of course um which i actually really liked like i thought the original campaign was was solid and good and yeah but um no so they took all that away and now i'm left with uh iron keep and beyond light and the witch queen um which are all like they're fine like beyond light's pretty okay um and iron keep is all about the 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 hive living on the moon so it's just like do you want to play aliens on the moon but like maybe a little bit with like but it's dripping off fantasy star uh so that works out pretty okay um but yeah um like Jackson said, it's either the best worst game or the worst best game, and I have no idea either um, which one it is. Oh uh, yeah, I, that that was in a private chat, so I, I did I did say that. Well, you were talking about oh. Destiny, and I was like, I don't know if this is the best worst game ever or the worst best game ever. I don't know. It's one of them. It's, I just couldn't tell you which way around it is because there's so many things that are just like, what what is even? What, how did you? Why did you make this game this way? Um, you can't play the game. You can't play it. You can I, fucking play I, all of Final Fantasy. Well, no, you can play most of Final Fantasy fourteen except one right now. I tried to play a bit of uh, Destiny two when we were done with the Bungie Halo, and I played mm-hmm. like ten hours. And I realized after that ten hours, I had missed where to get the main story and was just fucking around with like instance content. <laughs> and uh, I was like, Destiny I can't 2. do this anymore. <laughs> but that, like, that it's really Destiny funny too, though, yeah. Because you can do that, and it's a, you can have a great time. Like when I first when I first played Destiny, um, you know, I missed Destiny one, so I like came out on Destiny two. Uh, I eventually went back and just did the whole main campaign for Destiny one because I wanted to see what was the deal was. Um, but like I spent, I guess maybe like the first ten hours playing Destiny two, doing like public events that would just pop up on like the very first map, mm-hmm. and then finally people were like, "No, you need to go and follow the quest." there's there's quests you do do the quests and go along with them and you'll get you'll get you'll unlock not just this one forest on earth yes why instead i instead i uninstalled the game (laughs) yeah um but like i don't know i had a great time doing that like i kind of um i hate the witch queen main zone that sucked um europa is kind of okay um big icy moon that was good but like the witch queen is like swamp and then like Alice in Wonderland, Rose Garden Castle. No, no. Uh, boring. But yeah. the shooting is good. 
I just wish they would focus a little bit on um, making the game. And I guess they are. They're 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 unfucking some of the really stupid decisions they've made, like uh, not having had a loadout system for a decade. I um, yeah. <laughs> Like they give you, they give you three different sub, you know, uh, subclasses for each one of your class, and you still they never invented a loadout system. Um, and then it's all about you know changing your gear and changing the mods on your gear too, like to, to change your build around. So it's like you really are juggling a lot without a loadout system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, depressing, deeply depressing. <laughs> But the guns, the shooting shit is really good. Jumping around in space and shooting shit is really good. I, I mean, I, I yes, I've I've played enough Destiny to know that. I played <laughs> Taken King was when I was most playing Destiny. Mm-hmm. So like eight years ago at this point, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was when we were doing our Earthbound episode. <laughs> oh my God! Right? <laughs> yeah, you were like, "Why are you playing fucking Destiny? Don't you have Earthbound to play?" Uh, that was my Destiny time, and um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is they think destiny one is still all there and intact yeah you can go play all of destiny the entire story content all of it in order right now um you can't do that with destiny 2 because not only did they start deleting the, the content but then after a while they switched like a seasonal model where everything's on like a Fortnite timer um you can't just like start destiny 2 and play through it in the way that you can with you know like 14 which is the Mo- the yeah. current model of story-based MMOs. I know they threw away 1.0, so you can't, you can't like, that one you have to watch. Uh, but for the most part, that is, you know, a game you can play through in a way that Destiny 2 is not. Um, and they, 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 they really never figure out onboarding. Like, it's right now, if you start a new character and jump in, like, they launch you into the current season storyline. And then, like, after you're done with that, they kind of drop you into, like, their intro tutorial mission. Which is like mm-hmm. this like big five hour long thing that just kind of sucks and is boring, um, and it's back in the Cosmodrome, um, and yeah. then and then you can go to the tower and then you can kind of pick up the threads from there, but like they never like it's kind of like you guys one don't make me replay all this shit <laughs> for every new character let me just skip it, um, like well- I never want to have to replay Beyond Light but you know, I have to on my other two characters. If I want to get the stasis subclass for them, I know a lot of what they what they've done in Destiny Two over the last five years have been like. At one point, they they had there wasn't enough grinds. So people complained about it, so then Destiny Two just became like a full time job, and then people complained about that, and now they're going in the other direction. Um, but the it, it just seems like it is. I mean, like both games you mentioned, I think are like the games that make me the angriest ever ever they're not the worst <laughs> games but like halo and final fantasy are the video games they are the fucking video games and you made evil versions of both of them you made an <laughs> endless awful gacha that has a decent <laughs> battle system that you can pay and play forever it's fucking e- they could be making real rpgs and they're not they could be making halo campaigns and they're not they're making disastrous garbage to satiate the content <laughs> mill forever it's awful i hate video games i think you'll find no one can make a halo campaign no <laughs> one can make a halo campaign <laughs> I'm suffering over here. Who's Oh it sucks so bad. Why can no one simply give me ten levels in a row with some combat encounters and some guns that feel good and no fucking levels? Sucks out here. I'm suffering. Yeah. Uh Jackson, have you played any video games? I've played some video games. Yeah, what you got? Um so earlier in the month, uh before the restoration, I played uh East Two and Three. Um, oh right. 
original three. Yes, specifically uh, the East 2 on Steam, like the Origins version or whatever it's called. Uh, Chronicles? Um, East 1 and 2 Chronicles, I think. Chronicles, yeah. Oh, yeah, Origins is a different game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, And uh, I played the Turbo Graphics version of 3. Sick. Uh, I've not played that version. Uh, East 2... Uh, I I actually was like at the start I was like this isn't as good as East One because uh, it's all annoying dungeons. Um, East One has this fantastic Zelda esque overworld, uh, and East One is uh, East Two is just a series of dungeons you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, like started off being annoying with going through caves, but I, I when I got to the final dungeon and like all the narrative stuff came together, I thought it was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game has a has a cool story for what it is. Uh, I mean, don't don't use your brain. Don't think about it because it's like super evil on some level. Because so much, one of the powers they give you, right, is that you can turn into a demon so to talk to the demons. And they all have comedy dialogue, but their comedy dialogue is all like, "I hate working for the demon army. It's a shitty job." Uh, <laughs> and while you murder them, and then you like you know erase their whole species existence and it's like well the white has won and i'm like well guys i love fantasy stories <laughs> yeah this is the heart of rpgs right here <laughs> yeah uh but it's specifically like tipping into the comedy of being able to like talk to all the demons and they're just people in shitty societies uh mm. but no they're evil they are pure evil and should be killed uh like tolkien orcs uh, which is like yes it's inherited from that uh, and that was very funny um but broadly i i really loved east, east one and two uh, i was meant to play them closer together and then last year went a bit weird you were you were going on at me like you have to you have to play east one and two together which is true there was a bit where i was like oh what the fuck was happening in the first game and they brought the characters back uh yeah. but I, I i held up it was fine uh strongly recommend east one what, and two. how about wanders from east that's what i want to hear about because i don't know yeah. anything about this game is that what it's called yes it is that's that was that, that was my first and that was like for the longest time i was like no this is this is the shit right here no other game is better than this yeah, so that's like a weird side scroller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, kind of like a Zelda Two situation. A lot of side scrolling dungeons that you go down, and uh, uh, I quite liked it. It was it was very slight, uh, even more slight than East Two. Um, narrative was nothing. Uh, it's such a nothing game because like the plot is that <laughs> in East One and Two, Adol is important to this prophecy of this land that is healed <laughs> uh, over two games. Uh, huge stories going on and it seems like the, the narrative after that is and then he went to other places and did things yes <laughs> um and now he's in another place and there's another evil guy and another prophecy not but like not as important as the last prophecy very explicit that these are much lesser prophecies in adult's life uh but he does sort out this town's problem and kill some guys i was nice. great it was good fun it was like four hours long um that's all you need for an rpg <laughs> Sometimes he gets on a boat and it wrecks and it's not, you know, sometimes he just kind of goes somewhere and he just showed up to town with his friend in this one. Yeah, no, Um, I love this. It's like, it's like just like a lad's vacation and uh, shit breaks bad in a mine. Yes, the fucking mine. And and it begins with the the prologue. It's like, there was an evil demon and it was sealed away by a great hero a thousand years ago. And I'm like that, but, but not the, just correct me, not the same evil demon and hero that was sealed the last game. No, different, different, different names, different evil demon, different hero. Uh, Adol not related to that one, but he still does the thing. Um, yeah, there's not, there's not much to say. It's not that deep, but other than, uh, the PC engine soundtrack, sound chip, um, the greatest, the E3 TurboGrafx soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time in any video oh, it, game. It, it's it so fucking, fucking slaps. It, it, yeah, no, 100% genuinely um, incredible um and yeah I, I don't know how what i'm gonna do next as i go through my old rpgs I, i'm going on other journeys uh 
definitely not playing like the action game one playing the if i'm playing games it's gonna be mostly turn-based game that i can play with my left hand um so we'll return to east later but i i know that i know there's two different versions of four uh because i I'm yeah i mean the there's two versions games. of three you gotta play open for ghana at some point yeah I'm, I'm treating the remakes as separate games oh yeah fair enough so i will get to them oh um, right yes there are f- two classic fours not even counting uh memories of calcetta yeah. yeah uh so i i wonder which one i'll play whether i'll try both we'll see i'm not making too many plans um like i said the my focus on old rpgs i want to like i want to play dragon quest 4 at some point uh i want to yeah. end off uh the, and i have played uh a couple other games i'll mention which is i have played uh fire emblem for the NES for the famicom <laughs> oh like basic ass fire emblem okay so I, well i played about three chapters of fire emblem one and then watched the rest of the story on youtube because <laughs> that game is slow and annoying <laughs> Yeah. Um and it doesn't have any of the like things that the games would later have. Uh and I was I was curious and I, you know, I've been talking I've been interested, I've been watching Fire Emblem YouTube, like, I'll start from the beginning and it was just it's just exhausting. Here's the problem with Fire Emblem, it's exhausting. You play one map and you're like, Well, I'm done with that now. I don't want to like, do another tactical battle. Uh it doesn't have the like downtime between relaxing dungeoning and then a boss fight that you get in RPGs, it's just all chess games all the time yeah um and fire emblem one is very um uh yeah, straight people, line about it people recommend starting with like the super famicom games right i think that's uh, true yes um but then i played fire emblem gaiden the second game yes uh, which is like the one that's an actual rpg you can grind uh what there are dungeons what yeah <laughs> it's, it's weird it's weird there's no there's no like you know how every fire emblem game is based around item durability yeah there's no item durability <laughs> then where's, where's the video game i guess there's dungeons now but there's that's dungeons so uh like um you cast magic from health not from uh you know your uh durability your uh, book durability it, yeah yeah it's it's much less strategic in that way and and the map's more open it's much more about like here are your guys uh the story's uh better uh, there's more of it and it's not just like the story in fire emblem one like is mostly t- told in in like intro scrolls to every level and it's just Marth went to a new place and liberated the thing of the because he's you know written a fucking Legend of Galactic Heroes style law book, but I don't care what they are other than lists of names. Um, yeah, fair enough. Whereas Fire Emblem Gaiden's a little little better about these. You know, you got Armistelica and they've both got their own armies and they've both got a few subplots. Um, I, I really liked it. I was like, that's a good game. It does still get exhausting. I can't play for more than like ninety minutes at a time before having to stop because I'm just you know you do a battle and even if it's a smaller scale battle you're still like okay i'm gonna set my guys up here yeah uh, it just doesn't have the rhythm of rpgs it's a very different genre my um, experience playing fire emblem is usually you do like maybe two maps on a big day but it's like one or yes. two maps and you're done thankfully the games are only usually like 20 30 map 30 maps at most right like this is significantly more maps because they're all like open like you have random oh, battles yeah. right like the, the there's there's less it's not like a regular fire emblem game where it's usually between 25 and 30 chapters and it's a straight line through um this is a much more open thing uh but i I did really like it i'm i'm very happy i played it uh and i know people really recommend the 3ds version of this game which i know keeps a lot of the eccentricities um more than some of the other remakes keep like their identities i know people like have a lot of complaints about uh whatever new mystery of the emblem because that's the remake of three but adds an avatar character or whatever mm. um but yeah i mostly had a good time i'm still not full i'm not like tactics pilled or anything it's exhausting i, I cannot <laughs> there's a relaxing 
joy to playing an RPG to going through a dungeon and fighting a boss that is just not there in a tactics <laughs> game where I've got to be thinking about my positioning and every choice, you know, it's just this too intense. My, this is my experience also, yes. Um, which is fine. Like, if you want to, like, have a thing to concentrate on for, like, 45 minutes, it's great, but it doesn't fit into the same rhythms that I am, like, trying to go through when I play one of these games. I just have to think of it as a very different thing. Uh, but in that context, I had a great time. So, yeah, that's my that's my journey so far in the gaming so now you're going to play Shining Force. Maybe, sure, why not? <laughs> You've been bigging up Shining Force so much. I'm probably going to play Dragon Quest IV if it went in my next, not, yes. not anytime soon, but that is the big next like old RPG to, to go to. I should jump to Dragon Quest. That is Quest the correct stuff. choice. Yeah. Dragon Quest IV and V, just some of the greatest games ever made. I'm not going to play them back to back, but I will play. No, no, no. You should not do that. <laughs> That'd be too much of the exact same video game, especially since you're playing the like DS versions, right? Um, and they uh, just yes. look, they're the same engine, right? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. And I have to like, I've been putting off four because I've got to go find the ROM and hack the thing in to get the party chat in. And then your character has the wrong name because they, your main guy can only have a Japanese name. It's the one thing they haven't been able to sort out. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. In, you know what? That mod's really impressive. They've put Party Chat in that game, but it is uh, still a little janky. Um, so I haven't got that all set up yet. But yes, that is that is my next port of call over the next few months. I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I guess we should hit the music and get into our game club. game club this month is resident evil uh the classic 1996 playstation game by capcom um as part of this we will also be talking about the resident evil remake uh probably we're just gonna refer to it as remake for brevity's sake uh produced by capcom for the gamecube in 2002 that's now on fucking everything um i think that's it in terms of introduction. Um, which version of Resident Evil did everybody play? Because there's like two, arguably three versions of Resident Evil floating out there. I, I played the nope. PC version. Oh, right. You did. You played the weird version. I didn't even think of that one. I think it's the... I'm fairly sure it's the base placement version. It doesn't have any of the director's cut changes. I think. Okay. I think. Not 100%. But I played it with like the, the mod that everyone recommends. is like, this is how speedrunners play it. The PC version that fixes it up. And it does fix it up. Except occasionally it just crashes when you die. Which is really annoying. Okay. <laughs> I played the original uh, PlayStation version uh, emulated. Okay. I played uh, director's cut DualShock version with the music hacked back in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. How much? How many of the changes? Like, 
Is a director's cut a different game with different? Because like, I saw walkthroughs gave different instructions, but I didn't know if that was an arrange mode or if that was like the default. There's there is an arrange mode uh, that changes all the locations and enemy placements. Okay, but the main um, game's still the same progression. Yeah, the okay. the other main difference there's like uh, the auto aims in every mode, if I remember correctly, in the director's cut, and um, specifically the handgun has a random chance of just blowing zombies' heads off. Yeah, um, which helps a lot. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, I played remake for, uh, I guess, Jackson, do you want to briefly talk about what the plot of Resident Evil is? <laughs> Let's do that first. Uh, how many sentences do I get? <laughs> as many as you want, but don't go too deep. It's Resident Evil. It doesn't need that much. Uh, after a series of murders in which, uh, bodies are being eaten, the stars team are sent in to investigate, uh, in like the, the mountains. Yes. Um, and, uh that the the helicopter goes down uh, and there's no trace of the team except like one body on the helicopter uh so another stars team is sent in uh to find out what's going on this team is uh Jill Valentine, Chris Redfield, Albert Wesker, Barry what's his name and Rebecca Chambers. Barry Burton, thank you. Barry Burton, thank you. I didn't <laughs> quite get that one. Uh assaulted by ravenous dogs and uh, one of them dies. I, f- I forgot his name. One of them fucking just eats it. Uh and they retreat into the Spencer Mansion, which is a big facility in these hills. Um, Jackie, they explore you know the mansion. <laughs> yes, they it's explore the mansion. Joseph. Oh right, Joseph. yes, it is jo- Joseph. Joseph! <laughs> <laughs> they explore the mansion and discover that this site uh, is owned by the Umbrella Corporation that were developing a bioweapon called Tyrant. Uh, and after the T virus escaped, uh, these are the monsters that have escaped. There's regular zombies, there's hunters, there's like weird little guys, there's the dogs. Uh, it's bad out here. Uh, Wesker reveals he was on the research team and has been sent in by Umbrella to kill the Stars members and uh, destroy the facility and cover this all up in one fell swoop, uh, covering up both the incident itself and the police investigation into the incident. Uh, and also that he He's not actually working for Umbrella. He's working for himself to take over Umbrella because he has the power because he made the weapons, uh, even though uh, he was not actually that powerful inside Umbrella. This is the thing that I was really some curious of this about. Is, some of this is weird backfill of like in the remake. No. I, I guess mean, this is... Pa- this is in the scene. He says yeah. to... When, when, you, when you're with Barry and he's like uh, saying that he's like got a thing, um, got his family thing. He's like, I was on the team... Uh, and Umbrella ordered me to do this, but also I'm like, I'm not controlling Barry under Umbrella's orders. I'm trying to use my power to go up in Umbrella, which is the thing that confused me because I was like, how is the super leader of the team that I'm going to punch into a volcano in a decade on the fucking cop team doing small scale shit? I thought he was a CEO. Um, no, no, no. He, a- hasn't, he hasn't started jabbing viruses into his body yet. That's later. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> a lo- that one scene made a lot of things clear to me. Uh, anyway, um, you outwit Wesker, but he does manage to escape and start blowing up the facility, causes the self-destruct, uh, but you escape onto the helicopter, you kill Tyrant, the big sleep weapon, and uh, get away. And that's the end of the game. Yeah. Um, Jackson, what's your history of Resident Evil? <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> I mean, we're all going to do this. Yours is just the shortest, so you get to go first. Uh, well, I've um, played Resident Evil 4, uh, a game I yes. love. Incredible game. Um, very scary, but I, I made it through. Uh, scariest thing in Resident Evil 4 is, um, as everyone knows, 
uh, entering every single save hut that they have specifically designed to you're approaching them with like the most acute angle ever so you're you know like turning like 340 degrees until you see the zombie behind the wall or not awful uh but i think resident evil 4 one of the best action games ever made perfect game love it um played a bit of remake decades ago now like eight years ago uh and i got too scared to continue uh so in a way that was very funny because i psyched myself out played on easy didn't realize the crimson heads weren't going to spawn tried to burn the crimson head accidentally spawned the crimson heads made it like wait just psyched myself out in a way that was like the game's not actually as scary as i thought it was but uh that's why i didn't um uh, uh didn't continue with that at the time uh and then recently i played like half of resident evil one like a year ago on the playstation thinking i could probably handle that one and i could and it was fine and then finally finished it this time so there you go Okay. Um, I guess I'll go first. I got into Resident Evil when the GameCube uh, remake came out. Um, Bought that, played it, uh, fell in love with it. Um, Played that game probably 10 plus times. This is one of those. It's just like, well, I've never gone back to play the original. I played all of the PlayStation re-releases on the GameCube of all of the games after that, um, which is a weird way to play Resident Evil 2 and 3, let me tell you. and uh fell off after four um i liked four but i was mad that they were already moving away from like survival horror stuff into an action game and at the time my main objection to five was that it was a co-op action game that i was not interested in on that level (laughs) entirely it's like now i'm done um i've since gone back to six uh had good time with six last year um i've watched let's plays of seven kind of the first person thing kind of freaks me out too much um i would consider myself resident evil fan in like an extensive way but i've never played the original before this podcast um i was like why remake exists <laughs> uh so dia i i got this when it came out um 1996 baby there were there were not a whole lot of uh playstation games you know and i was like at the blockbuster and it was like well there's either like a, there's like a new madden or there's this thing called resident evil this looks sick as hell um took it home scared the shit out of myself and you know played the crap out of it um yeah and then i played two and three and four and then i kind of fell off or i guess i played what is it code veronica came before four yes um yeah so it was like i played you know the first three code veronica then played four and um on the gamecube and then kind of just didn't with resident evil for the longest time and then i replayed four with uh sarah on the wii at their mom's house and like that was like just like just co-oping that and that was just like the most fun uh and then we we tried five and six and uh, i didn't have a great we didn't have a great time with five um yeah. but six was okay yeah six is stupid, and then i just I, I i reject the first person resident evils entirely um, I want to play eight at some point. Oh, I played. I played yeah. five minutes of, of of seven, and it was just like, no, don't, no, fuck off. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to innovate on this series, go back to making it an adventure game instead. They should. Uh, so yeah, famously, Resident Evil is kind of a reimagining of Capcom's uh, Sweet Home, which is a top-down RPG proto survival horror game about some kids in a spooky house with monsters that's based on the horror movie by the same name um and uh they made this which uh is in turns into b horror schlock about bioweapons (laughs) 
and an evil corporation, but mostly is about putting emblems into slots and using keys to open doors. I love to use keys to open doors. Action-adventure games. I was just playing uh, yeah. through this again. I was just like, wait, this game's just Lolo with the threat of death. <laughs> um, you're not wrong. Yeah, no. The the adventure gaminess of it is, I think, the thing that really sets Resident Evil apart. Um, because, like, you know, this, this birth survival horror in, like, the contemporary dialogue made it a genre, which is all about limited IMO, limited healing, um, monsters that are very deadly. Um, but when I play Resident Evil, I'm like, this is just an adventure game with, like, enemies in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I still think that's true, mostly. Like, the thing I mostly think about is, like, which doors are gated by which keys, which stack on top of each other. You get one thing and suddenly a whole cavalcade of puzzles unlock as you go through it um and that's the satisfying bit the zombies the problem is i played this game a lot so the zombies are basically incidental <laughs> which mm-hmm. i don't think is true of jackson's experience no no i mean the, the zombies are annoying like you gotta deal with them uh, <laughs> I, I still like you know i played half the game uh, a year ago and i played all of it today, uh, this this time um and i didn't remember it exactly right like i remembered oh, there's a thing behind this door uh, that I can get the emblem from. I have to bring the fake emblem and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't entirely remember the layout of the of the mansion um, and uh, you know, hadn't, hadn't even got the underground when I played it before. Um, so, like, navigating through the enemies is a, lot of, is a lot of the video game. Like, they do provide tension. It is annoying to fight them. Uh, you do feel like, man, do I have enough ammo to, to get through? That ended up being my big... Um, big thing is that i just was like i have to trust that i have enough ammo to get through i will find more ammo i will not be like they won't completely let me drown out here because my my instinct is to just hoard hoard yeah um and i tried not to do that i tried to like not hoard but also like run past anyone that wasn't a huge problem yeah um and doing that and i ended up okay uh even though i was you know i I did I, i saved all my like uh cool ammo the, the variant stuff for the like the late game and the hunters and all the stuff in the underground and all the annoying shit <laughs> yeah um and it ended up being fine uh but yeah i mean i i think the game's fantastic um i guess i should ask did you you played jill right yes i played jill i played jill so i didn't have to deal with the old keys <laughs> uh dia who'd you play through as i went through as chris this time because i had never i just never done it before um so I was like, all right, time to do it. Let's go. So I played, um, I originally played Remake um, on Xbox as Chris. Um, I normally play as Jill. Um, just, so I'd been a while since I played as Chris. And then when I went back to the PlayStation version, I played as Jill. Um, just so I could see both. Um, Chris Chris is on the PlayStation version just arguably, like just undeniably the worst character to play as. <laughs> yeah. um, at least in the GameCube version, uh, he... Um, he get his like because the GameCube version adds. If you haven't played it, one, it looks great. We'll we'll talk, briefly talk about that. Uh, I think the GameCube version is one of the best looking games ever made. Um, but they had this this mechanic where you uh, get survival items that you pick up, and Jill gets like tasers and like little knives, and Chris gets little knives or like grenades. So when a zombie grabs you, if you have them, they're like consumables that you use to knock the zombie back, and you don't take damage. Um, 
and Jill gets a little taser that knocks a zombie over and so you can like shoot him. But Chris gets a grenade that he just shoves in their mouth and then the, the zombies push back. And if you shoot the zombie at that point, it explodes, which not only destroys, like kills the zombie, but destroys the body, which is much more important because the main thing in the remake is during the first half of the game, all the zombies at a certain point, if you, once they die, they will reanimate as like fast running clawed bloody zombies called crimson heads uh that are much more deadly they're kind of like somewhere between a zombie and a hunter where they'll like rush at you they have like a big sweeping like claw that in theory if you're damaged enough will like take off your head which the the famous hunter move is to do the swipe and you get beheaded and fall over dead um and uh the the key to get around that is to burn the bodies um and you need to use kerosene and a lighter um and chris where jill gets the lockpick in the slot chris just comes the lighter so it's much easier to burn bodies as Chris, even though you have fewer item slots, because you don't have to carry a lighter with you, um, which helps a lot. Um, and so Chris is like much more interesting in uh, remake, but he still sucks because he has two less item slots. And the Re- Rebecca's annoying. Rebecca's not Barry. That's really it. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really criminal what they do to Rebecca. Um, she's just she's just terrible. Yeah. Um, Rebecca's the Bravo team member you find. She's the only surviving member of Bravo team. She eventually got her own prequel game called Resident Evil Zero, where it's her and a escaped convict on a train. That game's weird and interesting, uh, but not very good. <laughs> um, and um, she mostly exists to be the like cute. You're like, how are you a police officer? You're like 16. Um, character. Um, also she knows how to. She kind of knows how to play piano for the one <laughs> piano puzzle. Uh, she has to practice for five minutes while Chris wanders around the mansion and comes back and Jill just plays the piano to unlock whatever the piano locks up. Um, which is goofy. Those are the main differences between the two plays, really. Yes. Um, Jill can get the shotgun for free where Chris has to bring the broken shotgun in and swap it out. You're almost a Jill sandwich. Yes. <laughs> a famous line. You're almost a Jill sandwich. Um, and so um, my thing with this is having played the game a bunch, I just, for the first half of the game, mostly just avoided zombies. Um, I'm like, I don't really, like, unless they're, like, directly in my way, um, just kind of run around them. They're pretty slow. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so by the end of, the, so by, like, the part where you get to the, um, like, the, the clubhouse or whatever, out uh, past the garden, um, one, it's all the spiders. So you, I just switched to flame rounds and flame spiders because they're weak to fire. Uh, really easy with Jill specifically. Uh, Chris does not get uh, a grenade launcher, which I did not remember and was really mad about. <laughs> you have to use a shotgun for all that shit. Um, and um, by the time you come back, just, I'm just loaded with guns. Uh, and uh, it, that part's great because then it's all the the hunters. And I think the hunters, while they are more dangerous, are relatively like straightforward to kill. <laughs> They just kind of leap at you. You just shoot them really with the heavy guns and they fall over dead. And they've got like a bigger, they kind of zone to hit too. So they're easier to aim yes. at. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remake in particular is very generous with its auto aim. You don't really need to worry. About oh, wow. No, my, my favorite thing is, you know, the one, the, like I, I kind of I ran through all the enemies too. And just kind of was like, I don't need to kill these guys. I don't need to kill you. I don't need to kill you. I killed like one or two that I'm like, you're annoying. And I know you're going to be here outside this door. Every time I come through, and I'm going to have to come through here like six times. So I will just kill you and like, take you out of the way. But, yeah. um, 
but like I just kind of you know um, I, I didn't use the shotgun like at all for like the entire first half of the game. So by the time the hunters showed up, it was just shotgun city, and I was like yeah. just swimming in shells. Um, even with the the spiders, like I used the shotgun on the boss, and that was it. Oh really? Um, yeah, I just ran around those shits. <laughs> okay. Um, you play you played enough Dark Souls, you just get good at running around shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Especially, especially Resident Evil, where like once you get a, once you get the feel for the tank controls, like it's fine. Like, and Chris moves fast enough that like you can kind of weave around things pretty pretty easily enough. Um, it's weird because like I, the tank controls being a controversial or b like a thing discussed didn't even occur to me until you said this. I was like, oh right, people people talk about tank controls. Yeah. In this game. Uh, I do not understand not liking them. I know it's like a there's a, a adjustment period as you learn how they work. There's no other way to make a game with these kind of camera angles. With normal, the normal controls are terrible. I briefly tried them because I never tried them before because they didn't exist in the GameCube version when I played it. And I was like, this is awful. Why would <laughs> anyone play the game like this? I mean, yeah, like there are uh, Dino Crisis Three um, is uh, famously one of these games that. It, it, ha- it doesn't have pre-rendered backgrounds, but it has fixed camera angles, but it has the, essentially the same control scheme as the modern HD version, right? Like a oh, okay. relative control. Um, it works better in a game like Devil May Cry, right? Which has the same relative yes. control scheme. But most of that game is like, once you get into a room, it'll stick to one angle as you play the scene out, like yes. the action scene. Uh, has yes. much wider views. There's a game about running around an arena. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, Die Across the 3 is one of the most annoying things about it is it's, it's still shot like a Resident Evil game, but... You can be like, you know, you'll be moving and then the camera angle change you have to completely reorient the angle you're pressing the stick at like three times a room. It's really annoying. Uh, they should not have made that game. The main decisions were made badly there. Uh, the tank controls make sense in a certain kind of design. And what happened was that design just went away, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just like tank controls work for how pe- real people move through spaces. I turn, I go forward, I back up, uh, you know? <laughs> I don't. I just think like it. It 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 makes it more like focused on how, what it means to like embody a character moving through these spaces in a way that works. Like if you see a zombie and it's too close, you back up and you kind of back up slowly. Uh, if you're playing the you know the other versions, you have a quick turn. Like the the remake, you just uh, flip the stick and go turn around 180 and what run the fuck away. Um, that is correct. That was what I would do if I saw a zombie. I'd turn around and <laughs> run away. Yes. Um, I just don't think like full on analog control makes much sense for the the slowness by which you operate in those spaces um like yeah someone's making a turn is a little weird but like you don't you, the game does not demand you make a bunch of like t- turns right no no like it's unless about, you get it, like um that's the the garden pathway like when like um mm-hmm. where the dogs are that is the yes. only time i really spent time to make sure to kill like to clear out the space because there are enough there's enough angles and like kind of like you know corners there that just for me it is difficult to kind of wrap my head around maneuvering in that space like it does the job of disorienting me um Mm -hmm. and like it'll trip me up and i'll start thinking in terms of modern you know analog controller movement and not in the tank control mode that i need to be in and so i'm just like okay i'm gonna kill these dogs because i can't have them here (laughs) they'll just fuck me up and kill me every time otherwise yeah um but uh, the thing the thing it makes me think of is like when we play Killer Seven. That is a game about your movements are advance, turn around, r- retreat by advancing in the other direction, right? <laughs> um, and Resident Evil still operates on that logic. You are you are moving down a hallway. You are backing up from a threat. 
and you're turning to face a door and go like go in a different direction. That's basically all you need. Yeah. Um, it's such it's such a strange game in a weird place uh, in that like, uh, it comes out of JRPGs, right? Like it is Sweet Home of the Dragon Quest. Um, yeah. And this is an adventure game with an action component, like playing Resident Evil and, and over the last decade, right? Like I knew as a kid, action adventure game was just a thing that they called games where things happened. I just knew mm. it as such a generic term that was meaningless. Uh, makes a lot more sense in Resident Evil that is an adventure game with an action component. <laughs> uh, like design-wise, this has more in common with Snatcher than it does with like you know. By the time you get to Resident Evil Five, right? Like, um, yes, it is not a game about the intricacies of enemy design uh necessarily it has a very very low skill ceiling which is as someone who watches like a lot of action game youtube a thing that is often held up as a problem and i ultimately came came away from this game thinking that that's not i think it's fine to make a game that like you can master resident evil relatively easily like extremely easily um, yeah like the, the most just, complicated yeah. thing you can you can learn in that game is like spacing to knife only guys and it's not that like it's tricky but it's not that hard Right, it's it's it, it is tricky, and it'll like you know. There's over the course of replays, you can get there, but unless you want to push like speedrunning tech to the extreme, you can't like the amount of decisions you're making in a combat scenario is not like what you'd get to in Devil May Cry, right? It's not an action game in the way that people think of action games are about um, fast paced decision making and expressive play. There's no real like expression. Uh, it is just like a thing you get better at, um, and ultimately, I think it's fine because I think Resident Evil is a game that's like designed to be played once once you know the layout of the mansion it's a different game it is fundamentally a different game when you know where things it is are. it is a different game i i think that game is also really fun to be fair as yes. someone who played it again and just kind of tore through the mansion like oh this is great i love running around these guys i love opening this door knowing a guy's gonna leap at me and blowing him away the second he does it it, it is the like when you watch your favorite horror movie for the 10th time you just kind of laugh at all the goofy bits that you love um that's what playing resident evil is like to me mm-hmm. yeah it was fun how um, much I remembered of Resident Evil because, like, the mansion, the you know, it's funny. I was looking at the mansion. I'm looking at the map of it right now. And it's really amusing the way it actually lines up, like, correctly. You know, it's not one of those, oh, the map is, like, you know, complete bullshit and it's just, like, a pretend building. But, like, you can stack the two floors of the mansion, uh, you know, the, I guess in the basement on top of one another. And it's like, okay, yeah, no, this works out. This is, this is normal and, and makes sense. And, but then you look at all the kind of the room layouts and it's like, this is an insane person designed this, this, this mansion. But like so much of it just like stuck in my memory, even though I played, I played, I played it in 1996. And then I played whenever the director's cut came out and then mm-hmm. I didn't touch resident evil one forever, but like, I still, I still remembered which doors needed the armor key, which doors needed the shield key, and like which doors needed the shield key, and things like that. Like that mm-hmm. was all just stuck in my head. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I know my way around this mansion still. Uh, for me, it was really weird because like I played remake again. Re- re- surprised how much I remembered remake, um, especially the first half. I feel like getting to the underground. I'm like, all oh, right, this thing. I fucking hate this area. It sucks. <laughs> um, but I, I really like the um, like guard like the outhouse garden complex area. I think that might be my favorite area in the game. Um, it's short. There's sharks and spiders. It's just got cool shit in it. Um, but um, when I went back to the original game, which I had never played before, I was just struck by how many times knowing a slightly different mansion tripped me up. 
I'd like go for shortcuts that didn't exist in this version of the uh-huh. game. I'd be like, okay, I got to collect this puzzle. I'll wait, this puzzle pieces that exist because this chain, the puzzle as a whole, like the clock puzzle still exists. But the part where you got to like line up the face of the clock to the picture of the guys and they got to stab each other correctly, to, none of that exists anymore. Um, it's just like weird amounts of the game are no longer there. Um, and I found it very disorienting um, <laughs> to go back to a game that's like, my memory just doesn't fit anymore, especially since I just played it and reaffirmed that my memory was always correct. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a strange experience. Like I knew about like the dogs leap through the first time, not the second time, because in the remake, famously, you go down the dog hallway and they hit they hit the glass, but it just like chips the glass and they don't break through until the second time you go through, and that's when they burst out and attack you. Uh, famous fake out. Um, but um, it was more like doors that weren't there i was like where's the shortcut to the other part of the mansion that's the way i take no that door doesn't exist there's no when you go up the stairs in the foyer there's not like a landing door that leads out to the graveyard because all that graveyard stuff is extra shit you don't need yeah and the one for me is like even though i played it eight years ago even sorry i'm gonna sneeze um no not great even worse uh <laughs> the, the entire like west wing of the mansion there's the chandelier room with the swing chandelier right there in the yes. remake the that room is burned into my brain, that angle of the low angle as you walk in, the chandelier swing, one of the greatest shots in video games. Uh, room simply not there uh, in the original game. And even though I've now played the original much more than the remake, it's still I, I still feel like it should be there because of the order I came to some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird because I, like, I watched a playthrough of, of, uh, of, of Remake. Um, too scary for me, but I did, I did, I did watch it because, uh, like, man, they've got atmosphere down on the GameCube. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just a remarkable thing. Like, when people talk about remakes, um, they don't make remakes like this. Like, the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes are fundamentally different Different games. games. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, the Resident Evil 4 remake might be more similar to... Uh, this but we'll see i guess because it does at least have an older the show but you know they've changed core combat stuff right like you, you can move around in it now it'll feel completely different um whereas this is like it's very identifiably the same game but it's also just like been systemically expanded in ways that i'm shocked at how well it all fits together the things they add into the remake make it more interesting uh they make uh in ways that like my you know, it's more demanding. You got to pay attention to more things. You got to keep track of your kerosene. You got to keep track of who you're burning. You got to keep uh, balance that against your like temporary knives. Just when you want to do that, when you want to like take the hits. Uh, there's more puzzles. There's more parts of the mansion. It just there's more video game there. Um, but were you to play it for the first time, you would never, you would never realize you the seams and you don't see the seams. What's new? What's yeah. old? I don't know. It just is a complete coherent thing, um, in a way that is just very surprising because I feel like in most re-releases or remakes there is a seam between the things that have been added now right even if they've tried to put them in you know you know when you go fight fucking xemnas in kingdom hearts one oh this is clearly a new thing it was added in this room that wasn't you know uh which is not true of, of remake it just it, it all coheres in a way that i was shocked about mm-hmm. uh yeah it's weird because i but also by going in, in backwards order of these um the thing i discovered is going to the original resident evil um I just kind of missed the areas like it's still the same geography, but the the particulars of the pre-rendered backgrounds just don't have the like atmosphere that I was expecting. Um, And sometimes it still works. I think like it's just like everything's too bright. I think that's really all it is, is like on a large large level. I look at everything. I'm like, this all way too bright. Like where's the mansion? Where's like the darkness and the like 
shots of creepy rooms full of stuff uh like all the everything's very sparse in a way that just didn't work for me as much um but that's only because i just seen the version that is like still some of the luscious environments ever rendered and like they've aged i play that i played the remake and i look at it and i'm like i remember when i was like these are the most photorealistic graphics that it'll ever be and i look at it now <laughs> and i'm like these are pretty low-res cg renders of these areas um but um going to the original game it's just like where's all the stuff this mansion feels like a fun house in a way that like i don't think of the spencer mansion feeling like um and i don't think about resident evil 2 which i've only played the playstation version of i feel like they really figured out how to populate areas with like character in a way i don't think the first resident evil has quite figured out yet which i think is interesting i'm not saying it's a bad thing i really enjoyed playing the resident evil um but i found myself like longing for the sense of place that i think resident evil immediately finds in its sequel and pushes forward yeah as like the, one of the defining features of it the first resident like the, the first resident evil really feels like it's got you know i think about the 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 one gallery room with the the statue that you have to get the the map out of um, yes like i think about that room and that room is so extremely early 90s computer adventure game like set design to me like it it is so like seventh guest that yes, like you could absolutely see some fmv losers hanging out in that gallery absolutely and there's so many like so many of like the rooms that really stick in the first resident evil game really have that kind of sensibility about them where it's like mm -hmm. this is like you know this is a, a weird creepy room like even like the room like the bath like the one bathroom where you have to drain the bathtub it's like kind of like okay you you had this sense of like this creepy bathroom but then there's a lot of rooms that are just kind of like they're they are they're too bright they're not like, like you know conceived of in the way that like you know even by resident evil 2 rooms would start being conceived of as and like they don't really plug together and then there's like the whole underground which is just like the worst Tomb Raider level, mm -hmm. like graphically, it's just like what are what are we even like what even is going on here? Like, um, you know, but like then like every now and then they they nail like one or two rooms that just really get it. Like I think um I really like the in the lab the um the room with the slide projector in the mm -hmm. original one like yeah. really sells the idea of creepy lab where everyone is dead. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like despite being basically the exact same layout, the labs in the two games feel like just different spaces to me. <laughs> they just have like a very different vibe. But I think what I've seen of the the remake, I do think that the the mansion in the GameCube version like sells the concept of a cohesive mansion so much better. Mm -hmm. Like it does have like just a much better sense of place. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas the 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 mansion in the PlayStation one is very like rooms kind of crammed together. Like I was like, when I was playing through it, I was kind of like this, this is reminding me of like, of like dungeon 23 where it just kind of like, well, what if this room was this mm -hmm. and it makes no sense for it to be here, but fine, whatever, just, you know, put a bucket in it. But this room's going to have like, you know, gas chambers that like, you know, underneath it that you have to put these like weird statues on top of um, so that you can then open a case in the back room. Like, what? What is this room? This room has no sense. It doesn't like you know, belong to anything. Uh, yeah. Um, the other thing uh, with the two versions that I just was really surprised by is that the shark basically has no role in the original <laughs> game compared to the <laughs> yeah. remake. None. 
You just turned the electricity on. I didn't realize the whole thing with like the the gate coming down and the shark ramming the glass. Then you got to push the machine into the water to fry the shark after you drain the water. All of that is like remake exclusive. Yeah, I mean it's like there's like double the game. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, All the Lisa Trevor stuff though, I think is like really bad. I think that stuff's aged the most poorly of everything in the remake. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a weird spooky lady who like slowly lumbers at you. Uh, I'm like, this is the shit that when I played Resident Evil, I thought Resident Evil, or when I played Resident Evil 4, I thought Resident Evil 4 was really corny. I'm like, I see it here. Like this is the stuff that goes on into 4. Uh, I mean, yeah, Resident Evil is always corny, but yes, this is the, yes. The, like, it's just a different, it's a different, uh, like, era's idea of, like, a thing. Um, it just, that's the part that feels modern. Like, that feels like the guy with the bag head and the, and the, uh, chainsaw to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in a way that the other stuff that they've added to remake does not necessarily feel like. I mean, yeah, like, she looks like a Resident Evil 4 enemy on some level. Yeah. Um, and no one in resident evil one looks like that and i I think they do like you can see the midpoint where they're at in 2002 right like they they do a lot aesthetically to tie all their stuff together um but uh like the 96 game is absolutely playing in a far more clear space of weird biohazard stuff it's it's vhs horror films yes (laughs) there's there's just like a grab brown disgustingness to yeah uh Resident Evil in the aughts that I associate with, like, you know, the horror films of that time, that mm. the 90s Resident Evil just doesn't... It, it's not presaging a later moment of horror, it's a throwback. Yeah. Um, and I'd, like, the aesthetic shifts over time are interesting, um, but I, I I don't have, like, too much opinion because, you know, I, I think they're all kind of gross and they don't look great because uh don't like these horror aesthetics, so I don't really comment on that. They're like, the game looks fantastic, but... um uh. I don't like when there's like a weird gross monster with like pustules and look, she's got like a fucking, uh, you know, she's, she's, her hands are all bound and she'll fucked up. I'm like, not really. Um, but how do you feel so, yeah. about when it's like, you know, a social studies teacher in clown makeup? Oh, that's better, but I can't get over like the zombies in resident evil one, just like they're all dressed like, like social studies teachers and they've yes. all got clown makeup. They've got the weird I, blue I rimmed do. eyes and the red like mouth and the white like weird skin. It's just like what what, <laughs> what these, these clownish math teachers that everyone is so terrified of. Um, I do. I've always liked and I still like when you get to the lab. You just get the like naked body zombies. Those I think ones those, are like, so good. Really signify you are in a different part of the world where bodies are utilized in different ways, and they make completely yes. different noises. Yes, uh, that's not pretty good. It's because I, I generally think the um, back half of the game is um, not bad, but like weaker, right? Like it doesn't have yes. the flow of the initial game. And a lot of like the combat becomes a little tedious because uh, even though I was just defending the fact that it's very simple and mastering it's really easy, um, when you have to fight like multiple of the same enemies in a row, it's like, okay, I already know. Like the, the challenge is done. Uh, I just have to do the same thing a few times in a row. Um I should never have to fight the snake more than once. Once is enough. <laughs> That's so true. God, the snake's really annoying. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't think that like the lab and the the underground especially holds together as well as the mansion. Uh, no, I think the underground is just like a mess, especially in the original where it just looks bad all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What? what are these textures? Why are we doing? No, this? it's it. It's like it's a it's a it's a like a, yeah. an abandoned like Tomb Raider level. Like yes, absolutely. <laughs> And with the really easy to dodge boulders. 
Uh, no, no quick time events here. No, just, Leon S. Kennedy does not need to jam on a button. I just, I really love that they show you the fucking boulder. Yeah, both both boulder times both are like times, really like yeah. this boulder's gonna roll at you. Don't worry about it. Uh yeah, that sounds very goofy. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Resident Evil just always has like the tyrant's boring, but every Resident Evil game has a terrible final boss. I feel like that's just inherent in the form of the series at this point. Um. I can't think of a single game where that's not true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you just fight a big fucked up guy. That's a biohazard. And you just like it's you damage it until someone throws you a rocket launcher. Right. Like, it's just always the path. Um, the thing I the thing I do like is the uh, the way the timer works uh, and the way like it's three minutes and then there's like a minute of cutscenes while it's still going. And you're like, fucking yes. Oh, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. And you totally have enough time, especially with it being like mostly triggered by like the scripted rocket launcher throw. Yeah. Um, so it is mostly an illusion, but I think it's a really effective one as you're like watching the time tick down. Uh, like, oh the, yeah, that, that boss fight's really well done as like a narrative moment because they, they do at least know that they don't have interesting enough combat to have like a technical final boss. No, just a guy who rushes at you. Yeah. Um, I love the shot of you in the, like, right before you get to the heliport, you're on the elevator and the timer's ticking down and, like, the light, like, normal daylight is starting to come through the elevator shaft. I think it's, like, one of the best shots in the game, especially in the remake. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like, the the classic, like, one crazy night, it's daybreak type thing. That yes. They, all these games do. Literally all of them do this. <laughs> That's because it's sick. That's the, the reason is it's really sick. Uh... Helicopter versus jet ski. What are we what are we talking here? <laughs> uh, well, mm, I mean, riding the jet ski is annoying, but I do love at the end when you're just sitting on the jet ski and it's like, well, now you're in the middle of the ocean and you're on a jet ski, so that sucks. <laughs> uh, the um, God, the, the the fucking biplane in Devil May Cry is also one of these. Yes, stupid. Uh, yeah, I I I can't lie. I do love this specific thing. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, Metal Gear Solid will do this exact thing two years from now, so. Yeah. God, yeah, well, totally will. Yeah. All these games do this! Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, do we have anything in particular people would like to cover, or should we get to our many questions? Yeah, we've got a lot of questions, so I think anything yeah, will come up naturally there. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, we'll hit some music, and we'll be back with some questions. have questions to send in you can send them to abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com about the games we're covering uh random gaming questions whatever you want our first one comes in from alva uh mostly about really like horror as a genre don't really like 
the the mechanics of survival horror um struggle with this with signalis recently which is a game i keep meaning to play myself um but what games have the biggest atmosphere slash me- and mechanical dissonance for you and do you think there's a easy solution for horror games to which i say no but the indie scene is trying to figure it out you should play more indie games i That's feel like su- i feel like survival horror is a rapidly shrinking genre well the thing is like is like the slender man guy after you game survival horror right no like is 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 um alien isolation survival horror it's still about a game in which like you were given a mechanic by which you avoid damage but that mechanic is hard to use um i understand it's not quite the same but like there's still there's still like mechanically dense horror games i think the alternative is like moody indie games but those all only last about like 15 to minutes to an hour and uh you gotta go digging for them right um yeah i mean i don't know how anyone else uses genre right genre names are fake especially when it's yes. something like survival horror which is like yes the classic thing of a japanese game makes up some shits um <laughs> and like occasionally it'll catch on like when they called devil may cry a character action game everyone started acting like that was a real thing um and survival horror really caught on uh but that to me means like a survival horror game has to have the the resource management and the tension of like engaging slash avoiding enemies. That is like core to the design of a survival horror game to me. I would assume like games without that are just horror games, right? Like that that's what survival implies to me at least. But I don't mm. know if that's true with other people or if that the words have yeah. shifted because you know genre's a fake idea. Yeah, for me, like a game that's about like hiding from a pursuing enemy would count as a survival horror also even if you don't need to meet out like ammo because you're still, it's still about the boom bust of like, right now I'm safe right now. I'm not safe. I must be looking for a place to hide, but I understand that the your definition might not encompass that, but I do find that annoying. I find that way more annoying than traditional survival horror. I'll be honest. I mean, in your definition, the resource management is just safety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's true in traditional survival horror. Also. Yeah. When I have, when I have 50 shotgun shells, I feel pretty fucking safe. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny because, like, you know, it's it's the 50 shotgun cells is the equivalent of being visible, right? Like, so it's like, yes. you know, when when you're trying to just hide, it's like, you know, okay, my my resource that I'm spending is visibility. When you have shotgun cells or, you know, or a shit ton of acid rounds and a bazooka, like, it's like, no, mm-hmm. I can be visible now. Motherfucker, see me. Yeah. I mean, my, my solution is to look at, like, the indie scene, look at stuff like Ib that we played recently. Mm-hmm. Um and those are much more reliant on just the moods and attitudes of horror media, which means that, like, they often are less scary because there's not a thing that's after you or, like, a guy jumping out at you. Um, but as long as you're okay with that, like, I watch a lot of horror movies not expecting to ever be scared because I just like the attitudes and, like, thematic material of horror. Um, and eventually you just have to cross that bridge about enjoying horror things, I think. Because you can't, I I can't go into a horror movie like if this doesn't scare me, the horror movie's a failure. It's very rare a horror movie actually scares me in a real way at this point. Yeah, which is different than being jump scared to me, right? Like, well, that's being startled. <laughs> yes, like, I'm very easy to startle. A loud noise will startle yeah. me, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, it'll startle and know. scare you. An unopened envelope from the IRS, like. Mm. I would feel really bad if I got an envelope in the I'd probably feel very dreadful yeah. about such a thing. Feels bad. 
see a horror movie pull that one off anymore. <laughs> um, Eric writes in, uh, we now have several modern remakes of classic RE games. What would it look like to go the other way? Is there a modern horror game you would benefit from a demake in the classic RE style? I don't think anyone would do it right. Yeah, I don't know that... Is my... I'm really down on demakes, honestly, because I think that's I think it's the wrong approach to what they are anyway. Mm-hmm. Like Bloodborne, like PS1 Bloodborne is not a PS1 game, and it's not no. really Bloodborne. It's 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 it is something you've made something new. Honor that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would like more lo-fi. The thing is, lo-fi horror is a very burgeoning genre. They're all, like, really small games that are on, like, Itch or Steam or whatever. Um, but there's, like, dozens of those that come out every year. Um, it's a thriving scene if you want to go enjoy it. They aren't... Some of them are clearly trying to be Resident Evil, but most of the really good ones are not trying to do something like that. They're just, like, a whole new thing, just kind of a low-poly style. Um, they're very popular now. There's those games like Convenience Store... Um, is a big one that people like all the VTubers and streamers play that one. Um, yeah, this is this is a very vibrant space. Mm-hmm. Is horror games stream well and they're cheap to buy, so people make a lot of them. Um, second question: You are hired to make a Pikmin spinoff with nearly unlimited creative freedom. The only caveat is it cannot play like the prior Pikmin games. What did you make? Who's going first? I, this is where I have a confession to make. I've never played a Pikmin game. Well, that's fair. Like, I just like never, like, it, just, like, it, it was there, and, like, I just never got around to it. They're good. Uh, they're good. They're just, like, little, they're, like, very cutesy RTSs. They're not, like, micromanage heavy, you know? Um, I mean, I think the obvious answer is, like, the because Olimar is always going to a planet and he's part of a stupid shipping conglomerate is the running the space shipping conglomerate game. Yeah. But like in a world where after after Olimar comes back with Pikmin and suddenly you have like 30 guys who all have their own Pikmin squads. How do you manage like the upper the tier above playing Pikmin? Pikmin Eve online. Uh, yeah, like football manager for Pikmin guys. <laughs> That's not even a game I want to play, but I think it's like the obvious answer. Otherwise, it's like Pikmin Muso, which is funny, but I don't think it's like good. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> rhythm game where you've got like fifty guys. Oh, paddling, but Pikmin. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I was. I mean, like a, to control combat, but something in that zone. Yeah, that's um, fair. I guess I did. I didn't think of paddling, but I guess paddling <laughs> is kind of just that. Yeah. Um. Right. Uh. Check writes in, is Resident Evil a normal game or a weird game? Where do the sequels land on this scale? I have complicated feelings on this. To which I really want to reply, what the fuck is a weird game? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't, like, it's it's a normal game. It's one of the most normal games. It's one of the most popular games. Entire uh, genres were built after it, right? It's like, as I mean, normal. My, my whole thing is looking at this, I'm like, I don't think they're real game. Uh, weird games are a real signifier. I just don't think that is a thing that is real. No. I, I mean, it's not capitalized. I think it means, like, if you were recommending it to someone, you'd say, it's a bit of a weird game, right? Like, you, when you were recommending, uh, I don't know, Killer7, you'd say, it's a bit of a weird game, but it's pretty good. Uh, I assume it means in the casual way, because I don't I don't think they're, they're saying that there's a definitional quality to weird games. No, I think it's just yeah. throwing it out there. I think, I think people do have a, that there is kind of a, kind of 
it's it's not well defined, and I'm not saying it's correct. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I argue against it very aggressively, but I think that broadly speaking, people have a definition of weird games, and I think like you know, like Katamari falls into this category, you know, um, for most people, um, you know. I don't know that abnormal mapping listeners fall into that category, but I think it, I was gonna say I think I might just be too deep to know what a weird game like, is. Yeah, I'm like Katamari, it's like the most normal game in the world. You just roll shit up, right? Like, but that's the thing is, like, yeah, it's it, it's it's literally the most normal game in the world. You know, even like Resident Evil when it came out, people were like, "Oh, it's not an action game the way you think, but it's also not like a nerdy adventure game the way you think." But like, it really kind of just is an adventure game with sometimes you got to shoot some mm-hmm. things. Um, and like, for some people, I think like that was like, it was like, it was like, Oh, this is, this is weird. It's a new genre, but really it's just kind of like, no, it's just, you know, no one has really like explored this space fully. And we will be doing that for the next 20 years from this point on out. I wish they were doing it for 20 years. I would give them a solid decade of exploring that before things change. The thing is, I think we, um, we explored through it so quickly, Jackson, that we never really acknowledged that like it, that we, we, we were still in it. I mean, we're not, we are not still in it. I wish we were still in it. I love exploring a space and then finding keys to open doors. That is dead by 2006. No, I think we just we iterated on it. We iterated it instantly to death. Uh, maybe. I mean, I I think. I mean, my answer to this, Dark Souls. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, Dark Souls is kind of in in the same arena, I guess. Ish, not really. Like, it has a little bit of this. Um, I'm thinking like, you know, Zelda dungeons, Metal Gear Solid, right? Like games about exploring space, getting items. Uh, this is all killed by unlocks being tied to RPG mechanics. Um. It used to be in a video game, uh, your abilities were generally tied to the ways in which you would explore the space, um, and that was like a large drive. You know, we would find weapons to use, right? In Halo, if you go around the guy and find the assault rifle, then you've got an assault rifle. Uh, but in a modern game, it is much more likely that there will be some kind of progression system, an RPG unlock system, or maybe you're th- finding things in the world, but you're finding crafting materials that then become other things, right? Like I, it got granularized in a way that I think sucks. Um, and that's the thing I would say. And also the other thing I would say is that Resident Evil is one of the most normal games, one of the most non-weird games ever, because it is, uh, massively popular, uh, very easy to understand and learn if you've never played a video game before. Everything logically follows and makes sense, which is not true of modern, like, dual analog controls. Uh, you know, Resident Evil, the tank controls, people mock them, but it's normal, right? If you haven't played a video game before, it makes logical sense as to why everything works the way it does. And then it becomes weird. It gets like goes through the process of being seen as weird socially by the next decade's video games as like things are decided on as like the right way to do things in the way that often rubs me the wrong way because it's always like those stupid awkward Japanese games are dumb and we figured out how to do shooting now with Gears of War. Uh, like I remember living through that. It was weird. It was fucking a weird thing to say then. It's still weird now. Um, and. Uh, I, if, if Resident Evil was a weird game, it became it that way. Because when it was released, it was the most normal game. It was huge. But, yeah, I don't have a horse in this race. I think uh, indie games are still doing the stuff people want. Yeah, no. If, 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 you want weird, if you want weird games, go look at the indie space. Because ultimately, what it comes down to is a question of orthodoxy, right? Like, when Resident Evil came out, it was not an orthodox game. It quickly became 
the orthodox game. And then it was completely, mm-hmm. you know, it was eclipsed and we got the new orthodoxy. And that's why, that's when people think like, oh, PlayStation 1, these are weird games. It's because they were games that were still trying things that were not what everyone else had already just kind of said, no, this is how we make, a, this is how we make a, this game. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think, what people kind of get at is that, you know, I don't know if that makes that weird. That just makes that, you know, people are trying things. And now it's, you know, 30 years on and. So we're, 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 <laughs> we're so far beyond that now. And, you know, only the indies are really bothering to try and figure out what is next and what is less orthodox. Mm. Uh, Aiden writes in, if you were making a PS1 style survival horror game, which horror movie poster would you blatantly rip off for the cover of your game? I guess I'll go first. Uh, I am picking, of course, the famous Human Centipede poster, which I put in the chat. I hate that poster so much. <laughs> um, Human Centipede, terrible movie, but uh, I like that poster a lot. And I could just imagine if I'd seen that at Blockbuster, I'd rent the fucking game that was a weird six-hand creature. <laughs> If we lose everybody. No, I'm just I'm trying to think of what my poster would be. Because I've been thinking about this like nonstop and trying to think about think through horror movie posters and which ones I thought were effective and which ones communicate what. And I'd probably do the poster for Alien. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I feel like video games are already still doing the poster for Alien in the PS1 era and today, but it's not a bad poster. That's the reason for that. It's a good poster. I mean, the thing is, you know, you it's it's it. You can't get worse than you know, Eggfield. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. Jackson, do you have anything? Um, not really, because I'm you know, not a horror movie person. I guess I'd pick Saw then, with the one with, like, the foot. <laughs> uh, yeah. It'd be really weird for a PlayStation game. Not like a, like a game that looks like a PlayStation game now, but if I saw a PlayStation game with, like, Saw aesthetics, that would be wild to me. I like, mean, it, it's just not Saw the era the, for it yet. Yeah, Saw aesthetics is the most 2003 thing ever. Yes. Um, right. Uh, Cass writes in... Um, what are some things, uh, that older technologies enhanced about games and through its limitations and what are things in the past that you think should have been carried forward into modern video games? I mean, pre-rendered backgrounds. Uh, (laughs) Pre-rendered backgrounds is a big one. I don't know why games don't do it more. I genuinely think it's like a really easy get to make your games look good. Um, it seems easy to me. Yeah, I mean the answer is why why they didn't do it more is because camera control is considered an important mandatory thing. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you seed yeah. control to gamers. Yeah, um, my big one is uh, characters should pantomime more in like the style of Final Fantasy pre ten. Um, if you just have your characters do some good expressive animations, you don't need a bunch of writing and you don't need a bunch of voice acting. You can just have the characterization do a lot of the heavy lifting. 
God, what was the last game to be doing that? Was it like the PS2 Personas? That's probably I mean, stuff on like 3DS that still does it. Yeah, I'm like, Nintendo games still kind of do it. There's a couple bits in like of Link still doing it because Link's still okay. mostly a silent character. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in that game talks too fucking much, but Link doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Really funny if they made Link a like modern talking protagonist. And he's like, I gotta go over there. <laughs> There's like a huge portion of the Zelda fan base that would be so happy about it. And I just don't get it. <laughs> oh, I can do this. I gotta get over to the Temple of Time. Let's go. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> just break everybody. my switch in half immediately. <laughs> I, I'm I'm putting my uh, chip in in favor because I think it'd be the funniest thing in the universe if Link was talking like Nathan Drake the whole time. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott writes in. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, Crimson Heads in the remake? I always appreciated that instead of making a one-to-one copy in the, the remake, they tried to add something new in terms of gameplay and extended that with Mr. X and RE2. Put a pin in that for just a second. Why do you think other remakes have tried to change things up like this? And are there any other remakes that stand out or you like with revised new gameplay elements to enhance the familiar experience? Um, my thing with RE2's remake in particular is Mr. X is not a new idea. Mr. X is the idea from Resident Evil 3 they put in Resident Evil 2, robbing the future Resident Evil 3 remake of its one defining feature, <laughs> which is the guy chases you. It, it, I'm fairly sure the Nemesis stuff is more scripted than the ne- Mr. X stuff in the remake. I know, so. but it's still like, that was the other game's thing. You put it in this game. I know, but like in the remakes, then it's like more 2 than 3 at that point, because I, I know yeah. 3 is a much shoddier thing. Like yeah. It was, it was the... Look, original Resident Evil 3, also a much shoddier thing than Resident <laughs> yeah, well, Evil 2. Yeah, that's true. They, sh- they probably should have remade Code Veronica instead. Yeah, fucking tell me about it. Um, I guess I don't know. I feel like game remake is such a broad spectrum of thing, right? You get the, we've just made the same game, but it's ugly now. Um, You get the, this is just a new, this is just an unrelated new video game with the same name. Uh. And you get various things in the middle there. So like there's there's not enough of a like standard baseline to even like compare it, I guess. Yeah. My thing is like um like take Twin Snakes. I really like the addition of all the the, the cutscenes and stuff. I think the actual gameplay mechanic changes are all mostly bad and ruin res- or Metal Gear Solid. Um so you know, give or take on that one. Um, I really like Metroid Zero Missions, vision of the original Metroid. I think that stuff's all mostly pretty good, even though a lot of it is just like we put the control scheme for Fusion in it. Um, when they do do new things that aren't just based on the control scheme is different. I think that stuff's all pretty interesting. Um, but mostly, I think most of the remakes are just like we made it look like shit. We up all the character models and now it looks like shit. Uh, be that Final Fantasy VIII or uh, Boss and Kaitos or anything else you want to name. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Or the dreaded AI upscaled backgrounds. Oh, God. Yeah. I watched the first episode of the Range Touch Final Fantasy VIII Let's Play last night, and I was aghast at how incongruous the backgrounds versus the models look in the new... It's it's really rough, ...remaster yeah. of eight. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely don't understand why they do that and don't, like, you know... Um, Okay, everything renders at 480 and we put like a custom... We spent our development budget on a custom CRT filter, which yeah. I know CRT filters are not the same as... CR- I understand they are a slightly different aesthetic than real t- TVs. However, you have to admit, they fucking blend the backgrounds <laughs> and the 
Congress together when you do them right. No, yes. This is, this, is my, this is my problem with um, uh, Tactics Ogre, um, especially on a 55-inch oh, yeah. television. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. played the PC version, but I set up reshade with CLT Royal, um, and it fixed like like the, the backgrounds were darker. They blended better. I think I think aesthetically the game worked better than it would if I was playing a PlayStation emulator version, which wouldn't have looked as like wouldn't have had the shader available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, yeah, like I said, I know there's like a lot of debates about whether the shaders are worth it or not, uh, or whether they like oh, they don't actually look like the, the CRTs used to look. You know, all, all that stuff. Um, I think a lot of the argument about whether it looks like a CRT um is comp i say this to someone's coming from like i play most of my old games on my mister i set up a lot of weird very specific things to make it look like a very different types of crt if i want to a everyone had a different crt that's their one in their brain that they think of mm-hmm. yes. which is often not the ones that the filters are trying to emulate um i want a bad like mid-range consumer television from the 80s when i'm looking for a crt look i don't want you- the trinitron the trinitron's too nice i never had a tv that looks like a fucking trinitron <laughs> You want a TV the when you play the first 10 minutes of the game, you can barely see. It's so dim. <laughs> I yeah, specifically want the TV that I had in my up. house growing up, right? Yeah. Little, it, um, here's, my, here's my thing about the CRT thing. And like everyone, when everyone posts like, the, oh, see, this is what the pixel art's really supposed to look like. No, fuck you. You put your face to that television and you played Mario where every single pixel was visible. Don't lie. I, um... I, I, so the other thing is, I think a lot of people who are very anti CRT filter are not doing the work to like look at where the space, the space has gone very far in the last 10 mm-hmm. years. Um, and everyone thinks of like the Sega collection default scan lines filters. I, I just know in my heart that's what most people think of when they think about this. Yeah, they think not... of like the, the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters have the most aggressive kind of bad, uh, yeah, CRT filter. It's just an option. Uh, I'm setting up stuff in reshade because I'm a weirdo, but that you know, yeah, no, even just I have, I have do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, is it even just like that? On, like I set up RetroArch on my uh, Vita, and like uh, the the CRT options on that stressed me out because there's so fucking many. I'm like, it used to just yeah. be scan lines, fifty percent scan lines, twenty five percent. Fuck off. When I when I'm like playing on my Mister, I want. Like when I'm playing a six twenty six hundred game, I want it to look like a really bad RF signal running through a bad fucking console TV <laughs> with wood grain. Because the one time I've ever used old consoles like that, that's a TV I used. And then when I want to play like a Super Nintendo or a Genesis game, I want it to look like the shitty TV I grew up with, which is like a mid range consumer from the eighties TV. Um, and when I, you know, when I when I get to like if I'm playing a GBA game on my television, which I don't do very often, I don't want any of that shit because the GBA screen doesn't look like that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like uh, when they when they release GBA games and it's like fake scan lines filters. I'm like, what are you doing? The GBA did not have scan lines. <laughs> yes, you didn't have so the CRT um, GBA. I, mean, <laughs> I, I set up. Uh, I, I set up Resident Evil this way, and uh, I also played a bit of um, Dynasty Warriors Four before it was clear. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to be doing action gaming for a few months. Um, the, the PC version of that was like a Dynasty Warriors 4 Hyper. It seems pretty cool. Uh, but I set up different filters on those two games because I when Resident Evil should have a shittier TV than Dynasty Warriors 4 Hyper from 2003. <laughs> my belief, stupid, I understand this makes me a very annoying nerd. Uh, but my point to bring it all the way home is uh, the, the remake that just like let the background sit with the new models that they've tried to like nice up. It looks so bad that the, the official Square efforts... I guess they look better, but they're not that similar to the like deeply embarrassing mods you see for Final Fantasy VII. They're like, we replace every single model in the game with a more accurate 
uh like i feel i felt that way about the bon kaitos trailer yes where i'm like all these textures look worse because they're too sharp and all the character models look incongruous with the backgrounds because they're slightly too nice and it all just looks bad and mushy uh yeah um we have a question from altruist uh that's kind of similar about like is there any game you'd like to see a fixed camera tank controls d make style game of and i wasn't gonna i was gonna like we already covered this but immediately looking on this question was like i would like a metroid game that plays like this and i just want to say that okay yeah now i'm hands down Um, about metroid that 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 plays more like you know uh, a playstation adventure game let's go for it (laughs) yeah um more than that than like a new metroid prime coming soon question mark <laughs> um Ari writes in, do you have a favorite instance of another game wholesale stealing something from Resident Evil? My personal favorite is Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2, which has an extended zombie mansion sequence complete with dogs jumping through windows, secret labs hidden behind collecting sheet music, and a self-destruct escape sequence. This sounds wild. I've never played yeah. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2. <laughs> it, that sounds pretty uh, sick. They're, they're not bad games. Um, yeah. Oh, no, uh, for I've, I've added, things, yeah. For added weirdness, I played this before I knew anything about Resident Evil, so it kind of felt like a fever nightmare in the <laughs> middle of an otherwise standard fantasy setting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of anything that's quite on that level, but I do think that's uh, incredible. I mean, the equivalent of me is the stuff from Nier. Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, got to be near. Well, mm-hmm. Nier suddenly becomes a uh, Resident Evil game. They should have put tank controls in that bit. I'm just saying. God. <laughs> That would be pretty good. Um, Jackie writes in, what do you think is more likely to happen? Capcom making a new fixed camera Resident Evil game or Square making a new non-action RPG Final Fantasy? Square making a new non-action RPG Final Fantasy. Yeah. Neither of these yes. are happening, but uh, one of them is more like, there is a world in which, uh, I think this is me projecting and I wish this would happen, but it is more possible that Square pull the trigger and do a Sonic Mania styled HD 2D Final Fantasy 17 uh, than it is for Capcom to ever go back to pre-rendered background over the shoulder. Uh, yeah, yeah. The shoulder. Um, I think any of them are going to happen. I think Square's going to keep doing what it's doing and the HD 2D stuff will remain uh, like... I think it's weird they things. have not just made a... like Not like Final Fantasy Gaiden, but basically that. It's just like a Final Fantasy sub-brand that is traditional RPGs. I mean, it, it, Octopath Traveler is that. They just didn't call, they didn't give it the Final yeah. Fantasy name, right? Like, it, I, it, I don't know why they didn't do that, though. Yes, there's no... I don't understand why that game isn't called Final Fantasy something. I don't... I mean, I guess it wouldn't sell more. It just goes to the same nerds anyway. It would. I, I would have bought it if it was called Final Fantasy Dude, something. You know how many Cape copies Dungeon Encounters would have sold if they called it Final Fantasy yes. Dungeons? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why <laughs> they don't... Stupid. Where they are, yeah. The, it's not like Square's protective about its names, right? Like they they can brand things, whatever. Jeez, no, look at all their mobile Square games. Tower. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, make the fucking battle royale game, but they won't call uh, something Final Fantasy the Crystal nonsense or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like, um. Yeah. Grime writes in. Uh, in the wake of the 3DS stores dying, I wanted to ask what your favorite titles from the system you look back on fondly. I mean, like, I haven't, I haven't really played the boring ones, right? Like, I guess the, the interesting one is um, Attack of the Friday Monsters. But even that, you know, like, I've played Mario. I like Mario 3D Land specifically. Yeah, <laughs> I like Pokemon, Pokemon Sun specifically. The, the, the Kirby games for the 3DS are both incredible. Yeah, like, it, 
the Nintendo games. I don't have the obscure 3DS Gotta games. Gotta play Attack of well. Friday Monsters for sure. Yes. Um, Etrian Odyssey. Uh, style savvy. You know, they're obvious. The thing is, like, hidden gems are just harder to find because people find the good games and tell you about them. The internet exists. Well, it's also, like, hidden gems are generally going to be... Um, on steam <laughs> like yeah. if it's the big companies are not making like a slate of things i guess square did last year uh but uh valkyrie elysium does not count as a hidden gem i guess mm. um but generally speaking they're not releasing like six games then you don't know what's going on in all of them uh even for nintendo right every yeah. release is a big release um which is wild because then like one of them's a sports game that has half the content that they used to have and you're like why was this a big release what are you doing nintendo what's going on over there <laughs> yeah um, do you think we're going to start getting weird third-party Mii Mini-style things in the DS form factor? Which I think is a question mostly for me. I mean, they already exist, and no. Yeah. No, like, no, the thing is, they do not exist, and they will not exist. Here's the thing. Um, the DS uses two square screens, one of which is a capacitive, or a resistive touchscreen. The reason the Mii Minis of the world exist, actually the Mii Minis is actually incredibly hard to find. They're not making anymore because they can't source the screens, is you need to source the parts. These consoles are made from phone parts, dead stock phone parts. There's yes. no dead stock DS screens. They don't, nothing else made screens like this. And if they, they did, they were fucking like Palm Pilots from the 90s that are all gone. Yeah, yeah. like the 3DS was, prob- was probably the last mass market resistance screen device. Yes, um, almost suddenly. I don't know if it's 100% true, but I, I, in my brain, it has to be. Like, everything else is like a fucking point-of-sale screen on, like, an ATM or something, right? Like... Yeah, but screens are capacitive now. Touchscreens are capacitive. Yeah, it, exactly. it won the war. Um, yeah. And it's just worse at all the things that a resistance screen does, which is fine-point stylus control. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, the future is using dead stock phone screens, um, which we've already... There's already been plenty of. Um, but that means a longer form factor that's closer to 16 by 9 um that will not be great for ds games unless you can like play them big screen next to the small screen and then you can swap which one's the main screen and you can touch using the you know normal phone touch screen and that exists now and it's not great i mean like you can already do all this on a steam deck right like i don't think a new device is going to be better than a steam deck at these specific things because the things holding it back will still be inherent to the new devices because they're not like it's not just the form factor. There are real material things getting in the way of the DS coming back. So look after your DS, I guess. Replace yeah. the battery. Well, Don't also, worry. yes, it's like the hinges are a problem. Um, they were on the DS. You know, if you've got a DS Lite and the hinge is not broken, uh, thank <laughs> the, like thank fate and the gods. Because that's the only reason it's not broken. Um, yeah. It, it's a weird it's a weird form factor that will be increasingly hard to get a hold of. And I don't think anyone's going to make knockoff ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the the future of DS uh third like third party stuff is just get a cheap like Wacom tablet and play on PC is really what the answer is I think that's probably true. I mean that's already still how people do that right? Yeah, I don't know what the DS emulator situation is. I know there was like a new one on a Melon DS was a few years ago and then that stopped development. But um, I know it's not as like up to date as some of the other Nintendo consoles. It's kind of one of the weirder ones. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
uh six rates in with a big long uh <laughs> prelude of you have inherited a mansion from a weirdo distant relative and it turns out there's a terrible uh bioweapon experimentation lab in the basement i hate when this happens to me what children's toy are you using as the design base for a puzzle to prevent intruders so your secret weapons lab base uh bop it of course <laughs> Um, mine is just going to be like a big sliding puzzle because no one wants to do that. No one on earth wants to do that. I don't want to make it something fun. If you make it a bop it, I'll do a bop it. I love bop it. I can remember <laughs> 16 things in a row. Can I just say the bit in Resident Evil, like down right before the sharks, where you have to push the three boxes for what feels like 17 years? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they do that to you? Yeah. Yep. If you make if you make a Tower of Hanoi big enough, no one will want to do it because it's a really annoying puzzle the more steps you put in it. Is this your uh, social engineering to protect your secrets? Well, that's the whole point is what what's the toy you do to thwart intruders? You need it to be uh, okay. something you turn to a video game puzzle, but no one wants to do it. And I think sliding tiles or a like, you know, 17 tall Tower of Hanoi is the real answer because nobody wants to do those. This fucking suck. That is yeah, true. No, it's... You just walk away from it. You just say, fuck this. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> Whatever's down here can stay down here. I don't need to know. Um, all right. Um, all right. We have one. No, we have multiple evils after this. Um, Alex writes in with a big long one um, about forcing myself to play through Final Fantasy II. Um, I forced myself to play through Final Fantasy XV because it was a bit of a mess. Played Kingsfield 4 recently despite a terrible first impression. Um, this is not really a question, but it's mostly about what are games you feel like is worth it to push yourself through, even though you, it starts negatively and you didn't really enjoy it. Uh, I had this with the Resident Evil 4 for the first couple times I played it. I could not get through the Village original piece because I'd never really played a game like that. It was about like running and shooting. Nintendo kid. Didn't, know what a sh- didn't play a shooter in my life. Um, it had a really hard time with like the demands of mobility that Resident Evil 4 is asking you to constantly be on the move and like actually shoot guys with accuracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, there was a game recently that I was just like, I never played this because it fucking stressed me out the first time I played it and I hated it. And then I went back to it and I can't remember what it is. Um, there have been like multiple it's- ones for normal mapping that have been like this. Yeah. Um, one I remember was um, Zelda the Enders 2 the the first half of that game is like kind of samey um, takes a while to ramp up uh, as you go through like a bunch of different mazes and you're fighting guys it's like am I am I running out of time like I had the deadline the next day I was like oh this is this is gonna be bad I mean, should I you know should I give up should I watch a video should I do and then I forced myself through it um, and it's one of the best action games I've ever made. And I was like, God fucking damn, it's only in the two, it's a masterpiece. So very happy I did that one. Yeah, I mean, we've we've spent a decade doing this exact job, so we actually sort of fucking play the games that we would like, oh, I want to, but it's I don't want to. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is the big one for me. Um, I, I always had a really hard time with the beginning of it. it took me forever to get into it. Um, I felt that way about Fire Emblem until I finally got into Fire Emblem. Pikmin was a big one. I found the time was very stressful. Um, mm. uh, Hilver writes in, which Resident Evil game do you think is the most influential and is it close? I think I think there's two right answers here and I think there's a good argument to be made for either of them. Uh, I mean, so the answers are one and four, right? There's, there's yes, no other. I don't <laughs> think anyone has anything yeah. else. <laughs> no, you can't even pretend to look any other way. Um... 
I think the answer has to be four. I think I lean four in this case because I think that the I stuff think that I lean one. But I think that the things that Resident Evil are doing are being done contemporaneously by other games enough that it's not like the flashpoint in the way that Resident Evil 4 fucking changes everything. I just don't think Resident Evil 4 gets made without Resident Evil 1 existing. Well, no, that's because <laughs> our numbers work. Well, that's okay. <laughs> None of this exists without Pong. Yeah. Like, but Pong's not a Resident Evil game, so it's not part of the question. So maybe here. it is. <laughs> maybe you don't know. No, I'm pretty sure Pong's not a Resident Evil game. Just wait. <laughs> I think They'll put it in a casino Resident one Evil... day to make it <laughs> <laughs> like yeah if we get down to it Portopia serial murder case is the game that everyone should be playing and if you haven't what the fuck's wrong with you remember the like 20 minutes where everyone was like that might be at the direct <laughs> I was I'm mad it wasn't I'm still mad it wasn't that's the most working into a shoot I've seen in a while but people really <laughs> wanted to believe what if they brought back Portopia and the art's terrible now because it's fucking <laughs> the people who made the other remakes oh, like the of Famicom uh, serial yeah. murder club whatever they were called the Famicom yes. clubs yeah god um but yes, no, I think that there are enough similar uh, games to Resident Evil also doing mixing action with adventure stuff. I think that like Metal Gear Solid, um, but more importantly, like Metal Gear uh, 1 and 2 are already the same game. You know, there's, there's adventure game stuff and then there's action stuff that you go in between. It literally pulling from the same template before Resident Evil existed. You know um, what? Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I, I'll accept that's an argument. I, whereas I think that like you don't get third person shooters happening the like way they do without Resident Evil 4. I think it's much more... I think it's an Ocarina of Time-style Flashpoint, not a Resident Evil. Like, Resident Evil is still massively influential, but I think that, like, when it comes to the biggest 3D games, there's, like, Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Resident Evil 4, um, probably a few others. Gears yeah. of War, maybe. Um, only for a specific period, though. That, that one's died down, right? But, like, Half there are life. only a few that have been, like, that singular in how quickly things shifted. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Joe's writes in. What are some good games you can finish in one night or like a weekend? Um, Resident Evil, <laughs> Attack of Friday Monsters, Attack of Friday Monsters, Killer Seven. Yeah, I, uh, I would not try to kill do Killer Seven on a weekend, but yeah, that's probably like there's a lot of cutscenes in that game. Yeah, um, I would be very annoyed if I tried to finish that on a weekend. I'd be like, no, this is not happening. East three. <laughs> Hmm. Res. Res, yeah. Uh, Space Channel 5. Mm-hmm. Let me go with Lagoon. Uh, Sonic Forces. Lagoon? Yeah. <laughs> what is you Lagoon? You don't even know fucking Lagoon. You don't know? I don't know. I don't know what this is. Um, yeah. Lagoon is a... God. I don't even remember who made it anymore. It was an SNES game. Uh, It's a top-down action RPG. Okay. God, was it... Also for the Sharp 68,000. Yeah, 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 so you yeah. know it's the most Japanese game that's ever existed. Oh, they had different developers. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, this uh, is just an East Climb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, though. It plays different. Okay, well, I'm looking at the, yeah, the, no, the you, thing. It, if you look at like it, it's <laughs> like, this is an East Club. This is, this is every one of those X1600 <laughs> games, though. I look at this equipment screen specifically, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. East. I've played East. Um, but every game yeah. is an East clone. Maybe <laughs> for East um, clans or Dragon Quest clans. You go far enough back, most of the games you can finish a weekend. It's great. Yeah, no, that is like the true. The, the the wonderful era of like, you know, just cramming through games in a weekend. It's like, you know, you, you could rent it. 
and yeah. and you have to beat it in the weekend because some other motherfucker is going to overwrite your save. Yep. Uh, we were asked for an update on your Destiny 2 Guardian. What you got? What are you playing? Uh, Warlock. Um, I was I, I I had switched over to Solar because you can make the big fire. Um, uh-huh. Because now there's like Scorch stacks, which is like a dot you can put on enemies that like, you know, when they when they when you kill them, they explode and like spread their dot further. So you can like just you can cl- clear an entire room in like three shots. It's beautiful. Um, but I went back to Void um, because that was like the burn this week on um, the the strikes. So I switched back to to burn to Void for that. So I could get the the gear for doing it as the the burn, and um, that's kind of fun. I don't know. I'm like I, I'm I'm wary of burning myself out before Lightfall happens. So I've kind of like just lifted up off of Destiny Two. Um, rather than try and force my way through the season of the Seraph uh, content because it sucks. The mission uh-huh. design is just like, I hate it. I hate it. And they're still doing the terrible thing where like we've got the the big, long, final like boss encounter where if you die, you have to start all over from the beginning of the boss encounter. And they're just long and they take like 45 minutes just to do like the fucking final fight sometimes. Uh and so I was just like, no, I'm going to save myself the the frustration and just uh, not. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question from Anonymous. Uh, about the Metric Prime Remaster coming and uh, being 16.9, what bothers you more? Game design changes in a remaster remake or artistic changes in the presentation? Also use Demon Souls on PS5, which I think is a little bit of both, honestly. Um Versus like Metroid Prime. If you play a remake now, you can play it in 69 if you want to, if you're a monster. <laughs> I mean, 69 is um, whatever. Like, the, Metroid Prime's been in 69 since uh, 2000. The Wii, and I didn't like it there either. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a great change. I think that the, the, the dual stick shooting is way bigger of a deal. I, I do not understand the desire to play Metroid Prime, a game about planting your feet and shooting guys with dual sticks. It, that's not what that's not what the, that's not what the game is. Go play I Halo. Didn't, Fuck I out didn't here. realize it was dual stick shooting with the the new one. Yeah, they they added a dual stick mode for this new release, Gross. and I don't understand it. Not only did they add it, but like I was watching Digital Foundry, and like you know the way that the the uh, the your gun arm bobs as you run about yes. that is yeah. taken out of the remake because uh, you have dual stick. The, luckily, they did program it so that if you go back to the original control mode, they put some of that back in. I don't think it's like okay. as it was. <laughs> Um, but like, you know, it, it, you no longer look down when you approach the edge of a thing. Cause you're already controlling that, that axis. The fuck. The um, fuck. Which is like, those are the changes you would make to make it playable dual stick, but you didn't need Metro prime feels so good. The locking on is so satisfying. I think that playing it dual stick is fundamentally a different game. Um, no, yeah. when I was, it's weird. Cause there's game. No, when oh, I was, right. I was talking to, um, uh, I was talking to Trevor and like the, one of the last LPs about Metroid Prime and like Destiny and how like Metroid Prime just like solved all the problems that Destiny has in terms of like movement in a 3D space while like, you know, with like one little gun and like having to move around and like platform, like Metroid Prime is like perfect. Yeah. Um, it's weird because, like, there are games where moving to a wider aspect ratio doesn't necessarily bother me. Like, I played, like, the Crash and Spyro remasters, and those are wider. But, like, fundamentally, uh, it doesn't really change my appraisal of the game's environments that much. Um, 
on a lot of like modern PlayStation emulators or on Mister, you can do like widescreen hacks. And sometimes I think it's like kind of interesting, but most of the time I just, I'm like, you're not adding anything to see more of the environment. Um, I don't know what that gets you, but I think for games like Metroid Prime or Resident Evil, which are about the limited viewpoint, like Resident Evil is weird because like it just crops down like a fucking bad television thing right like it's not it's not it's you don't want that you don't want that the backgrounds like, are jpegs they literally there literally yeah. is nothing to the left or right like yeah they have to do that they have to like do a pan and scan situation yes um that's just like the wrong answer um metroid prime it's just like sam has got a different helmet now and viewing more and i'm like i don't know why what you gain out of this i think like the cramped narrow sense of claustrophobia in your own body is like inherent into metroid prime's appeal um and losing that you lose something Mm-hmm. I think more games should play with aspect ratio. I think it's fine to make a game that's four three in a world of sixteen by nine television. It doesn't bother me any. I mean, the, the problem is like the PC players moan when you don't support like a million different aspect ratios. The I, PC players can eat my ass. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I wish that. Yeah, I do wish that like more games would be like this. Is what the aspect ratio is. If you've got an ultra wide monitor, fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> deal with it. I guess we, we are controlling the image. <laughs> I want the widescreen yeah. like version of of Metroid Prime where you just kind of get like Samus's shoulders are just kind of like crouched over the entire <laughs> side of the time. Oh, it's like, yeah, dog, you can have widescreen, like, but check it out, shoulder pads. You get the you get the like quake like 180 degree viewpoint mod for Metroid Prime. It's just like shoulder pads or, everywhere. Or, or we get the Metroid Prime where the actual shape of Samus's visor, which is like that kind of weird T shape, like the old night yes. helmet, and that's what you get. And it's really wide at the top, but then it goes down to this little weird... Yes. If something gets too close to you, you just can't fucking see it, because it's just a little <laughs> bit of the helmet that you can see through. Just shit happening good. over by your cheeks. Yeah. Um, damn. Dare more video games. <laughs> Um, and Jen writes in with our last email. Um, in recent interviews, Shinji Mikami said one of his main inspirations for Resident Evil was his frustration with the horror movie protagonists, believing players would act smarter than the cast of Dawn of the Dead if given the chance. Do you think Resident Evil or its remake give you room to act more like a competent horror movie protagonist? Are there any other games that nail the feeling of starring in a horror movie? No, because I'm literally going into the fucking house. I mean, you are an armed. I think the part of this is his solution was everyone's a cop, yeah. which I think is a very <laughs> funny answer. This is everyone's a special forces cop. Yeah. This is why the Ethan Winter stuff is so funny, because he's just a normal guy and he gets his arm cut off and he's like, well, I guess I'm doing Resident Evil puzzles now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, I um it's weird because like I, I haven't played like the um the quarry. What's the game before they made before the quarry? Um the slasher um, ps5 until game. dawn uh, yeah, yeah until dawn um i should i don't know why i haven't played those they seem right up my alley i feel like it'd be more fun to lean into being more like horror movie characters where you're just kind of invested in like going through the stupid idea like it's fun to like make someone go down to the basement even though you know that's the wrong idea because you're playing a no horror it game. is like i mean like even like you know like <laughs> like weird getting racist about indian shit aside um until dawn is really fun to be to make all the characters act in like just the worst manners possible like like even just like like setting other characters up for failure and then having those characters fail in a spectacular way that you couldn't even anticipate with the other character that's the shit yeah um uh, yeah 
I've always been confused at like those kind of the choice based games and video game like narrative choices always framed through like you can choose things and you can see the consequences and not like you know being able to set up you're a person who's watched movies and you are like influencing the narrative and playing with the ideas of what's happening right like you're not choosing and then having a consequence in the way of um like a you know planescape when you deliberately send someone into the basement because you like that part of movies right it's just doing a different thing with choice i think is more interesting like i think the thing is like you know video games have always been about hyper competence like mm-hmm. You are either you are either the greatest space bounty hunter to ever live. You are the like the fucking like you know heir to like the ninja empire. Like you know of, of it's going to like you know stop the demons from like you know under the earth or whatever. I can't remember the original Ninja Gaiden plot, but it's ridiculous. Um, like you are always the best, or on your way to being the best. So like. You know, the horror movie that where you're hyper competent, you know, cop. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't. It doesn't really do anything for me in any kind of meaningful way. Uh, yeah. I mean, by the time uh, me and my friends always joke, like, you get to Resident Evil 4 and Leon Kennedy's like suplexing guys. And <laughs> it's just not it's just not the it's not a horror thing anymore. That's an action title. Like some horror elements. Also, like, I feel like, you know, at least in the Chris playthrough, the, the, the Chris playthrough, he does some stupid shit. <laughs> yes. And manages to, like, you know, like. Get his ass. There's like half a second where it, it, it like plays like who's the who's the person who betrayed you? Could it be Barry? Could it be Rebecca? Who could say who the <laughs> umbrella umbrella traitor is? It's very funny. Uh, it's great because then you find the, the slides and it's just like, who's this guy with the massive sunglasses here? <laughs> <laughs> we do need to say, but the the slide with with Wesker with the research team is one of my favorite like Photoshop jobs of all time. It's so, so good. Yes. good. <laughs> Need to put Wesker in the picture of the Patriots. Like, that's the level uh-huh. we're talking about. <laughs> God, it, yes, it is the picture of, like, the Philosopher's Council yeah. or whatever. Yes. God. Um, that's it for emails. Abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, next time, uh, we are going to be playing Mutazion, the uh, adventure game from 2019 uh, by uh, Die Gute Fabrik. Uh, Someone had recommended this to me. I don't know if it was for abnormal mapping. I don't know if it was for when I was a novel, not new, but this has been like on my, like we could do this list. And it seems like one that'll be gentle on Jackson's wrists. Yep. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Plugs Dia. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Dia You can find me basically everywhere at Dia Um, Even on YouTube where I finally got, the at Dia youtube.com slash at Dia which they actually use the ats for. Um, like, yeah, that's my let's plays are Patreon slash Dia Like, you know, I make it easy to find me or block we're, me. We're about to start uh, Space Quest Space 4. Space Quest 4. Uh, Roger Wilco and the Time Rippers. Yeah, oh, we do time travel. That's good. Uh, I still am. I'm so curious if Roger Wilco is in our real world universe, the universe of uh, Space Quest, because there's some ambiguity there at the end of there, Space Quest. There sure is. <laughs> um, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> Already recorded and out before this podcast hits. Um, uh, Jackson, plugs. 
Uh, you can find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter and whatever website is still alive at any given time. <laughs> um, you can find the podcast that we do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, go listen to them. They're really good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, listen to Around the Long Fire. That's my podcast about uh, Icelandic sagas and basically everything else uh, that I do with my friend Neve. Uh, abnormalmapping.com slash longfire comes out every week mostly not the weeks where i'm editing abnormal mapping so not this week but every other week usually um and uh if you'd like to support us on patreon you can go to patreon.com slash normal mapping for one dollar you get the great gundam project which is uh trucking along towards its sixth year of us watching mobile suit gundam and its various sequels and spinoffs we're watching gundam oh. seed destiny right now which is Six not very years. good we're so yeah. old. We've been doing this <laughs> for so long. We're watching Ara Battler Dunbine, which is an incredible anime. Um, for $5, you get blockbusters where every month we watch a big Hollywood movie and talk about its weird uh, ideologies and history. We recently had a bunch of friends come through to watch Titanic with us. Next month, we're watching Pretty Woman, which I'm really excited for. <laughs> um, and for $10, you get VoIP Life, where recently we talked about the... Uh, the story of Forspoken. Um, and our next one is going to be uh, doing a bracket of all of the movies we've ever covered for all of our various podcasts. Uh, which movie is the greatest movie we've ever talked about into a microphone? You'll find out. The answer might surprise you, though it probably won't if you paid attention. <laughs> Very excited for that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, started, I started doing the bracket thing and I was just like, I'm so tired. <laughs> um yeah that'll be out uh i think probably the same day this comes out we'll see how editing goes i have a week to like kind of be sloppy with this one so if this doesn't come out till the 27th or something i took a couple days off um so uh look forward to that and we'll be back next month that fantasy star one's coming i don't know when we'll figure that out i still have to finish fantasy star 4 that's a long game uh I think I'm about halfway in would be my guess. Um, so uh, that's everything. I don't have an outro. This podcast doesn't outro. So goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. 